Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. How's everybody doing? Good. It's good to be back up here. Um, so, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah! Alright, real quick. Who's, our, who's rooting for the Broncos? Broncos? Raise your hand. Okay, Broncos. How about, how about Panthers? Much smaller crowd. Much smaller crowd. I'm, I'm personally rooting for the Broncos, but the Panthers are a good team too, so I won't be upset. So, But anyways, um, yeah, I was thinking as I was preparing for Sunday that today's Super Bowl Sunday. I started thinking about how crazy the last year's game was, and it reminded me of a story. There was... <clears throat> There was a kid who went to his dad, and he said, uh, Dad, how do you win the Super Bowl without cheating? And he said, I don't know, we're Patriots fans, so. <clears throat> I don't know if Bill Smith listens to this, but that one, Bill Smith is a Patriots fan, but anyways. Um, <laughs> love football, love all that. But um, yeah, it's a real honor to be in front of everybody and to be able to share my heart with you. And, um, yeah, so I've been here for, I was trying to figure it out, 35 years at this church. I grew up in this church. I went to, went to, like Steve said, the school here. We were the first class of the school, and then I graduated in eighth grade. It was K through eight. Steve left, like, what, sixth grade or something? And then I, I stayed on until eighth. And, uh, but it, a lot of history in this house, um, this this house has really amazing roots of people who really are passionate about God and about <clears throat> His kingdom, and uh, it's kind of cool. I can't believe those chairs are like thirty five years old, or they're thirty three years old. Thirty three years old. Yeah, that's amazing to me. So, yeah. Oh, good. But anyways, um, yeah. So I I grew up in the church. Um, my parents were Christians when I was born, and. Um, and my dad was a, a pastor in Batavia and, and whatnot, and then we moved up here. I think everybody who's ever lived in Chile at one point in time has, has at least been to or lived in Meadowbrook Farms of some sort. So it's now called Chile, Chile Commons. Or, um, but yeah, we lived there for a little while. And um, I, remember, I remember my salvation experience because I got saved when I was four. And I, I don't remember a lot from my early childhood, but that's one thing I remember. And um, it was interesting. Um, there was one night where my mom was out, and my dad was sitting on the couch talking with me about the Lord and about uh, salvation, and, and we just decided, yeah, today's the day. Today's the day I need to ask uh, him to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And, and, and at four years old, I remember feeling different. I remember feeling happy and joyful. There was, it wasn't like one of these things where God appeared to me uh, like Saul or... Um, or Paul, he was called Paul after that, but um, it wasn't one of those things, but it was, it, I felt different. I remember being so joyful and so happy that I was trying to talk my dad into letting me stay up late so I could tell mom when she got home, and luckily he, he relented and I was able to stay up, but um, yeah, it, it, I remember feeling different. It wasn't a huge thing. Um, I always joke that, you know, the next day I went to the church and burned all my heroin needles and my, uh, but at four, four years old, I hadn't got into that, so, uh, but, um, 
But it, it, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And it's like, as I grew up in the church, it's like, you go from this place of like, some of you will know this, you go from this place of like, it's my parents' religion. I grew up, I grew up as a Christian, as a born-again Christian. And there's this transition point where it comes to, like, it becomes something that I own for myself. Yeah. Where I actually take ownership for, you know, the, the fact that I really love God and I want to serve Him. And that happened in my teen years, thanks to some amazing friends and an awesome youth group here. And, um, of course, God. He used all those situations. But it, it was amazing. And you just learn and you grow day by day. And um, I hope I've matured to the point where, you know, um, well, I'm not, I'm not complete, but nobody is yet. We're all growing and learning. But, uh, but the reality is, is it's, it's been a growing and learning process. And I hope that you, you can learn and grow every single day. You do have to have a, a, a humble and teachable heart to be able to res- to be able to receive what the Lord is. And it's at the basic root of kind of knowing God is what we sang this morning, Lord, I give you my heart. It's this place of, there's, there's days where I can go into a day, and, and you probably too, or I have everything mapped out, and I know exactly where I want to go and what I want to do, and I'm, I, have, I have a vision, and I have goal ori- I'm goal-oriented. But at the end of the day, it takes a collaboring process to come into your promises and to come into vision that you have. And that requires that at least some of the time I say, Lord, I give you my heart. This is my plan. This is my idea. But here, here let's work on this together. What do you think about this? And it's meant, to, it's meant to have communication and relationship and connection so that you can work out all the, different, all the, all the details of your life and, and figure out how to grow and learn and, and become, become who God is calling you to. And um, I, that's sort of been the journey of my life. We're, not there, we're, we're all not there. We're all growing. But the reality is, is that uh, it's, it's really amazing. We get to go on this journey with the Lord and we get to co-labor. And it's not He's far off telling us to do stuff. Um, but he's in it with us, and, and he's working with us. You can call on him at Penfield High School. You can call on him at the New York State Department of Corrections, where I work. Um, you can call on him when you're in your office anywhere, and he's there, and he can help you. So it's, it's the basics of Christianity. It's that, it's that surrendering and laying down your life on a daily basis, really. Um, and it's not a drudge. It's, an, it's a joy. So. All right, so we were talking about extravagant, lo- talking about love, really, and um, I was thinking and preparing so many experiences with God's love, and all of us have had experiences with God's love um, in one way or another. You wouldn't be here if you weren't drawn by his love and by his kindness because he's working in your life. He's doing something, whether you know it and see it or not. He is doing something. And one of my favorite passages over the years, it's so funny, it almost seems overplayed, is in Ephesians 3. And we're going to start there today, okay? I, being a Christian growing up, this is a favorite scripture, this is a favorite passage of everybody, but I'm hoping we can learn some new things today from it. Um, it's in Ephesians 3. <clears throat> Paul is talking, he's, Ephesians three fourteen. if you want to follow along. And Paul is talking about, he's talking about his ministry to the Gentiles, and he's talking about Jesus, and um, of course he's talking about Jesus, but, um, <laughs> but he's talking about his ministry, um, and he goes into this, and there's a lot he says, we don't have time for it all, but in verse 14, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
I pray that out of His glorious riches, I love that, that God doesn't give us, He gives us out of His glorious riches, that He's, he's rich like that. <laughs> I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is working within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love that last part. He's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. That means a lot to me because I can think or imagine a lot. I, 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 my wife will tell you, I'm, I'm a big dreamer, a big visionary. Sometimes practical, well, whatever, we'll leave that alone. But that's where she helps me. But, um, but the reality is, is when, when you look at that, and you, I think I'm a big dreamer, I have lots of vision, lots of ideas, but the reality is, is that he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or think. That's amazing. I'm like, how, how, do, how does that work? You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I can't wait to learn more about that, and about all he has for me. But I, a couple of things I want to highlight. If you look back in verse, what is it, 16? I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his, your, his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, the interesting thing that this this that this sets up is that there is this there's this precursor that there is a strengthening with power in our inner being that comes before Christ dwelling in our hearts in faith. So there's 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 power that comes before faith. And I'm and I and I ask, okay, what is that? There there's there's an there's a power encounter. There's power that God wants to release to us. And that word that is achieving power. It's dynamis. It's achieving power. It's the power to do things, to go, to go after things. To, there's a power so that Christ can dwell in my heart in faith. Now, he already dwells in our hearts because if you've been born again, the Spirit of God lives in you and he empowers you on a daily basis. But there's a greater level of power that he wants to release to all of us so that we're strengthened in our inner being, so that we're strengthened in our emotions, so we're strengthened in our mind, so we're strengthened in our thoughts. So we're strengthened in our will and our motivation to do, to do life, to do the things that we need to do to bring his kingdom and to even bring his kingdom inside me because there's a growth process that's going on inside you and me. And there's a power that has to be released in our inner being. And then comes faith. I find that interesting because a lot of times faith for me, at least mentally, has always been this, like, i got to drum up some confidence or something like that. And really, faith is, is not about that. It's about being in touch with the power that the Holy Spirit offers, and then hearth, faith bubbles up in you. And it becomes confidence. It's not something you pull down and grab and pull up your bootstraps and go after. It is, it is something that happens to you inside and bubbles out of a relationship, out of life, out of power that's extended towards you and me in our lives. So I thought that was really cool. And then we go into the next part, which, which I'm going to spend a little more time on. Um, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, here we go again, 
may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. I love that. It's a love that surpasses knowledge. That means it has to come through experience. That means it has to come through you touching hearts with Jesus. And he, he, he imparts it to you in, 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 in your relationship with him. It surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, I think that's so cool, too, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. There's, there's power and love that has to come, and, then, and then, then you can be filled. There's a strength that has to come upon you, a power and a strength that has to come upon you in order for you to experience how high and how deep and how long and how wide is his love and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you can be filled to the fullness of who he is. Back in Ephesians, they're talking more. They're talking more about uh, that Jesus is the, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And he talks about that back further. And there is a fullness that, we, that God wants us to come into. And there's a process of impartation and encounter and relationship. And it's so funny because when we think about encounter and we think about impartation, we think about meetings. And at least I, at least I have in my history. We think about coming to church and coming up to the altar. And that's all part of it. But there's encounters, there's impartations, there's, there's experiences with Jesus that you can have at your job, that you can have in your bedroom, in your quiet time, alone with the Lord. And those, honestly, in my life, have been more powerful than these big services where I maybe took a courtesy fall for somebody, or, or uh, <laughs> I'm joking, or, or, or uh, I, you know, we've gone through this. And that, that's not to degrade anything that happens up here, because what we had this morning was an encounter with God. And we will, every time we go. But there's, there's a daily, there's a history, there's a moment-by-moment encounter that you can and I can have um, that, that doesn't just save itself for Sunday mornings or conferences and stuff like that. So it's, and, 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 it, and it brings a strength so that we can comprehend, so that we can grasp the, the love of God. You and I need strength to know love. It's interesting. I, I, I never thought of that before. We need a strength to encounter love. Let me tell you a little story. Don't forget, too, we love because we are loved, right? We can love people who, because we are loved. So one of my first jobs when I was in college, one of my first important jobs when I was in college, you know, not like Burger King or stuff like that, but I, I didn't really work at Burger King, but... Um, not slinging hay at a farm or, you know. I think I worked at Perkins one time, too. But anyways, that's a long story. But, um, but one of my first jobs in, in college, I, I, it, I was in college and I was working at, it's, it was the Unity, Unity Park Ridge Chemical Dependency, and I was, at the, um, I was working at the uh, juvenile rehab. It was a 9- to 12-month juvenile rehab for juvenile drug addicts. <laughs> And I, I was new, so I hadn't sort of learned the art uh, of working with people and confronting people and um, that kind of thing. And you learn that over time, as you all know, through experiences and good experiences and bad experiences. But I remember this one kid, he wanted something, and I was following protocol, and I said, no, you, you can't have that. And I must have done it in a way that sort of rubbed him the wrong way or whatever, but... He, he started, like, berating me in front of all the staff and everything like that, which is, in my line of work, is not uncommon. So 
I'm sort of used to it by now. But the reality is, is that um, he, he sat there and he looked at me and he's like, you fat, ugly, backstreet boy wannabe. I'm like, I, I, I've never been called an, a backstreet boy wannabe. No, at, no point, at no point in my history, I might have been called fat and ugly, but I've never been called a backstreet boy wannabe because there is no desire in me whatsoever to be in a boy band. Not, not One Direction, not Backstreet Boys, not New Kids on the Block. No way. I don't want to be in a boy band. And it was, it was this interesting encounter where you start to realize, like, wow, I, 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 you know, I need to have power and strength to love, to know love and then to love. It's this dynamic of, um, of the kingdom and what it bears out in here. Um, and, but sometimes it's... Life isn't easy, um, and it, it isn't easy and can get you down, and you have troubles, and you have issues in life or whatever, you know, the death of a loved one, um, you know, maybe you're having financial problems or marriage problems, or, and, and the reality is life comes at you, and it bombards you, and um, it's in those moments that we really need strength so that we can encounter his love and so that we can love, and so that we can be filled to the fullness of Him, and and there's 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 that moment where um, you realize you have, and if life comes at you and it comes at you quick, and you're not strong, and, and I don't mean like strong like you know buck up you know that kind of strong. I mean like there's an inner strength inside of you that comes from Him. If you're not strong, you can sort of feel like a victim of your circumstances. And you can sort of you can sort of sort of take life on life's terms, and it doesn't always suit you well. One of the things my dad my dad was my baseball coach growing up. I think he was Steve's baseball coach too, but my dad was my baseball coach growing up, and and he 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 taught me when you're fielding a ground ball, you don't let the ball play you, you play the ball. And I'm sure you said they've said similar things in football. You don't let the tackler come at come at you. You break him down, you run at him, and you tackle him. You don't, you don't let things attack you and just, whoa, you go after it. And you, and you, and you, now when I say go after it, there's a different, there's a different dynamic here and it's, it's sort of nuanced. So I hope you can follow me and I'm sure you can, but, um, but you, you can feel, you can feel like a victim and I, I don't think kingdom life is meant to make us victims. We're, we're overcome. I, I don't think, I know we're called to be overcomers. I think I preached a message at the Roar one time about overcoming. Oh no, we did a. It was a survivor lock-in. Oh yeah, yeah. Harkening back to my days in youth ministry, yeah. Some of those lock-ins were epic. The, Justin's here. Justin was part of our youth team for a while. Justin, he left. Okay, but oh, okay, okay. He's downstairs. But anyways, yeah, he was part of the youth team. I remember probably you guys probably remember this too, Aaron and Mary Beth. But we did the Fear Factor lock-in. It was very popular, and I had all kinds of energy to do it and, you know, stay up all night long and stuff like that, and we had a great team. We had kids eating garlic, onions, hot sauce. We had baby octopuses that we were, we were having them eat. I think, I think probably five kids threw up in the bathroom. It was good, 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 good youth ministry, good stuff. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't get sued. But anyways... Uh, Oh, so anyways, but going back to my, my real point, which was, not my bunny trail, 
my real point, which was, um, which was not becoming a victim and strengthening and being strong so that we can encounter his love and so that we can be loved to other people as well. But, um, so I want to turn with you to 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 6. 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 6. Now, um, this is a story about David. And just so you know, the context and the historical context of this is what's happening right now is David is winning all kinds of battles for Saul. But Saul is not happy with David because he knows David is Lord's, God's anointed, at some, not, not at this moment, but in the future, David is going to be king. So there's, a, there's an anger um, that Saul has against David, and David is being hunted down by the guy he's serving, okay? And he's having all kinds of victory, but he's being hunted down by the guy he's serving at the same time. So you can imagine how this might be. And, you know, when I, when I read stories like this, I sort of compare it to my life, and I'm like, <laughs> I've never been hunted down to be murdered. <laughs> and you'll, we'll read this next passage, and you'll, I don't think anybody here has had this happen to him. But David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed, none of, they killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. So David, those are David's spoils of war. But when he came back, when he and his men came back to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Just raise your hand if you've had your wife or your son or your daughter or your husband taken captive. Oh, good. <laughs> So David and his men wept aloud. So these are, these are hardened soldiers, and they're at the gate weeping aloud. Okay, these are like the Navy SEALs of, you know, of back in the day, all right? Destroyed by... So, okay, so David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Abinanoam, whatever that is, and Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit, but because of his sons and daughters, because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. So you got David, who his wives, sons, and daughters have been taken captive. His men, who are like the Navy SEALs of the, of that modern that world, were were ready to stone him. Because they were so grieved and they were so angry uh, through their grief. And they were ready to stone him. And so you find a guy who's like, I can't even imagine what that must be like. King's trying to kill you. You're, you're, everybody is, you know, everybody's been taken away and captive. And your and you're men, the toughest men in the world, want to kill you. What, what, what must have he felt like in that moment? It was just, it's mind-boggling. And yet there was a point at which, and I, this is my favorite scripture in this passage, but David found strength in the Lord his God. It was interesting, it's interesting, dynamic, because it wasn't, you know, God's strength, you know, flooded him or came upon him, um, but he found strength, okay? So, he found strength. And that, that, um, that word is actually, to find strength, is actually hazak in the Hebrew. It's to make firm, to harden, and to make courageous. So if you read that, David made, made himself firm. He hardened himself. 
He made himself courageous in the Lord. It's the same word used in the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. Now that's an interesting story because if you remember the story of Pharaoh, that God actually hardened Pharaoh's heart. But there was something about David in God hardened his own heart, hardened his own will and emotions and, and that kind of a thing. Sometimes in order to be strong, you have to take it upon yourself to find strength. And that doesn't mean <clears throat> that doesn't mean uh, it's the power of positive thinking, or it's the pull your bootstraps up kind of thing. It's it, it, it the the application looks like this. It looks like your relationship with God. It looks like reading the Bible. His Word comes alive. It looks like prayer. It looks like worship. It looks like quiet. Sometimes the only thing you can do to connect with God is just quiet everything. Quiet your head, quiet the room, quiet your children. <laughs> Although that might re- require locking them in their bedrooms. But um, th- th- sometimes that's the only thing that works. Sometimes the only thing, you have no good thoughts yourself. Sometimes the only thing is to open the Word and just read the Psalms. Sometimes the only thing is to look in Proverbs and look for some wisdom for your situation. Sometimes the only thing is crying out to God in prayer and, and saying, God, I really hate this right now, and I want you to deliver me. Even Jesus prayed that when he was in Gethsemane. He's like, please, he said it much nicer. But he said, you know, God, if it's, if it's possible, I'd love this cup to pass from me. And it, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's declaration. Sometimes you, you have to stand in the face of your problem and, you'll, and, and declare that God's good or declare you're faithful. The one, the one that's been my favorite lately is Psalm, I think it's Psalm 3, where um, he's my shield and my refuge. and my, I forget exactly the wording, wording but um, I'm not great at memorizing all that. But, uh, but yeah, it's Psalm 3. And sometimes it's, it's, it's that. It's that declaring, declaring your, his words over you. Sometimes, um, sometimes it's confronting wrong thoughts. You know, one of my favorite quotes that Bill Johnson has, and Bill Johnson's awesome, but one of my favorite quotes he has is, um, sometimes the, 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 the problem with an open heaven is between your ears. You know, because God has extended to us an open heaven. We live in an open heaven. You understand that, but sometimes the hindrance is this thing right here. Sometimes it, it really is. And um, sometimes it's confronting those wrong thoughts. Sometimes it's a choice. But either way, it's meant to be consistent. It's meant to uh, have a relationship. And sometimes you have to go at it. And there's been times in my life where I go on a walk and I'm crying out to the Lord and it's just not breaking through for me. And so then I go back into my room, I read, for, read a couple of Psalms, and it, it's not there. And then I realize, I find, okay, Lord, what is it that at this moment is going to bring strength to me? What is it at this time that's going to strengthen me inside? Ooh, kick my water over. Strengthen me inside. And we have to, that's part of the learning process in our relationship with Jesus. It's this, I hate to say it's trial and error, but it is. And remember, God looks at the heart. So he's, he's concerned. He's pursuing you. And when he sees you pursuing him, it's, it, it, he, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that can be wrong with that. So anyways, sometimes, you know, if, if, if you're a particular person who's prone to like anxiety or thought, racing thoughts, Sometimes the only time you can have an encounter with Jesus is making a list so you don't forget all the stuff that you had to do. 
So it's, it's very practical, but it's true. Um, but anyways, um, I'll tell you a little story, too. Like, uh, a couple of years ago, I think, um, a friend of ours, um, some of you have heard me, tell this, heard me talk about this, a friend of ours had, like, pain in his legs, and he was a healthy guy, 30, 36 years old. I think he's got four kids. And um, four kids, great wife. Uh, he was, she was in our wedding, and um, my wife grew up with her, his, his wife. And um, it was interesting because he went in and had a hurt leg, and the doctors told him he's, you know, terminal, cancer. He's got late-stage esophageal and um, all kinds of cancer, and they give him, like, five months to live. This guy's 30, 36, 37 years old, beautiful family, healthy guy, um, you know, active, and all of a sudden he's been given news that he's, you know, he's six months away from dying with terminal cancer. And um, obviously we were all praying for a miracle, and he went to be with the Lord not uh, probably a year, year and a half ago. He went to be with the Lord a year and a year and a half ago. We were all praying for a miracle and believing God for a miracle. But, you know, how many people know in, in the kingdom of God there is mystery, and we're meant to seek out the Lord in those moments and find out, okay, what happened here, Lord? And, you know, um, the reality is, is that we don't know everything all the time. And, but one of the things that was so encouraging about him um, is he knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. He found himself in places at times where he would go to the doctor one day and they would be like, this is really bad. His, his you know, everything is shutting down in his body. Yet every time I talked with the guy, yet every time Jess talked with him, there was a peace, there was a happiness, there was, there was a belief that he was going to get set free. But even if he wasn't going to be set free, he was going to, he was going to, and, and, and he was going to tell everybody about Jesus and, and help people encounter and know Jesus. He was so inspiring that a guy in that kind of a, a modern day guy in that kind of a situation could know such peace and such joy in the midst of such pain and tragedy. And I think that's what we're supposed to be to the world. I mean, I remember Rick Joyner saying some years ago that, that we really need missionaries of peace. People who can just go into a situation, be themselves, and be the peace of God in a situation. And Because there is a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt in the world. And if we can go out and be peace and be love and, and, and be strong in the Lord, even when we're sad, it, it, it's, it's an amazing place to be in. And I, we sort of all have to get there. But, I mean, strengthening yourself in the Lord... It, it should take discipline to get there. But it's supposed to be rest once you get there. I mean, I mean it's, it's, not, it's, not supposed to, it's not supposed to be um, hard. It does, take, it does take deliberateness. It does take purpose, being purposeful. But once you're there, it, it, it's not supposed to be hard. Um, it, it takes effort to... Find something for your kids to do so you can have a moment. Um, it takes effort to get up half an hour early because that's the only time you really have to walk and talk with the Lord. Or it takes effort to shut off the radio because I love listening to news on the radio. Shut off the radio in my car on the way to work and, and just say, Jesus, what, what do you have for me today? And I need your strength. I need strength. Somehow i got to find your strength in this situation so that I can encounter your love so that I can have power with all the saints to, to 
know this love that surpasses my knowledge and my brain and my experience. It's not the power of positive thinking, like I said, or pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, just in, when you're in that place, just go wherever you feel the water of his presence. Just go wherever you feel him, his peace and his love and his guidance. And it's that place that you'll find strength. It's in that moment your heart will be strong enough to face whatever you have to and you'll encounter his love to you because it's so great and it's so good. Everybody just stand for me. If I could have the prayer teams come up. I just, if, if, if you're somebody today who needs, fr- sometimes the way we find strength is by people standing with us. Yeah. You know, we're meant to pursue relationship with people so that we can glean. The, 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 the scripture in there, it says, so that we can have power with all the saints yeah. to know how high and how deep and how long and how wide is his love. There's, there's a component there where we need each other. And so I want to invite you this morning, if you're a person who needs strength, you need, um, you need to find that strength where you're at so that you can go, so you can counter his love, give his love, and so that you can be filled to the fullness of him who fills everything in every way, then I invite you to come up here. If, you're, if, if you need healing, if you're, if, you're, if you're feeling pain or sickness, or you need a prophetic word, or whatever you need, uh, come forward and, 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 and find strength with prayer with these guys, okay? But I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. If we all just grab hands, I'm a, I'm a hugger, touchy feely kind of guy. So, just if you could grab hands, we're just gonna pray together. Just bow your heads. Father, we just we just thank you and honor you and bless you. You, Lord, you really are so amazing and so good, God. And um, Lord, even like we sing, it all belongs to you, Jesus. We, you're worthy of it all, Jesus. Yeah. You really are. Sometimes that moment, God, where we, in the face of pain, we have to lift up our voice and say, Jesus, this hurts, but you're worthy of it all. And in those moments where we can worship sort of through tears, sometimes you find the greatest breakthrough, Lord. And I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, every heart, whether they come up for prayer or not, every heart would encounter strength this morning. Every person needs strength, Father, and I pray that all of us would encounter your strength. So, Lord, that we can follow your word so that we can actually know your love that surpasses knowledge so that we can be loved, so that we can be the fullness of Jesus, so that we can represent you well in a world, Lord, so that we we can make you known in your fullness, not just one portion of your character, but in all of who you are today, Lord. In Jesus' name. And we just ask you, God, that you would just come right now and touch every heart, every heart that, that is having a hard time surrendering to what you have, Lord, that I, I just pray you'd come in gently with your kindness and that you just, you just soften their hearts, soften hearts today in Jesus' name, Lord. And we, we just ask you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhopecom.org.